Welcome to Hope in the Heartland, a podcast from Zeal Coaching, where we talk to you, our neighbors, about ways to take your life from ordinary to extraordinary. We'll also take some time along the way to celebrate people who are living those dream lives right here in the Midwest. So join us as we help you ignite your life with passion, purpose, love, and success to ignite your life with zeal. Welcome to Hope in the Heartland. This is Christy Shell, your host, and I'm here with Katie Sandy Smith. Hi, everyone. So this podcast, um, we're excited because huge music fans. This podcast is all about music, specifically about music therapy. When we talked to Brittany Shear, who is the owner of Living Music, she's a music therapist and also a client, but we thought it was quite an interesting thing. And it actually has gotten us talking for a couple of weeks now about what music and how it impacts both of us. Oh, for sure. Like music has been such a huge part of my life. Um, that's actually how I met my husband. Oh, was I went to go see a band, and he happened to be the guitar player in the he band. Was the hot guitar player that's up right. there. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I actually liked the lead singer at the time. So, oh, okay. Well, we're, we're learning more and more about you, Katie. <laughs> my allegiances were one later, but music is such a huge part of our life as a couple now because that's kind of how we started. And um, he still plays, and we do music together, actually at church and just um, at coffee shops and stuff. So with our kids um, and they're, they're very good. So I've had the, <laughs> the opportunity to see them. What's super fun is I think it brings up so many great memories, right? Like, especially for your family, but yeah. I think everyone has that experience in some way, whether we're conscious of it or not. What's one of a, what's a, what's a, what's a significant memory for music that kind of comes up other than every day for you? Um, <laughs> well, I spent a semester in China in my when during college, my junior year of college, and I had someone else there actually load his player, his music player, onto my computer because I was borrowing a computer. Yeah. I didn't have mine there. I did because I didn't have a laptop at the time. This was back in the you know ancient times, and <laughs> we were still using Quill, <laughs> right? <laughs> I had stone and chisel. He listened to stuff I never really listened to that much before. And so whenever I hear Jackson Brown or Dashboard Confessional or um, just actually nice. Ramstein, like there's some interesting musical influences from the group of people that I was with there that every time I hear that, it takes me back to being in China, which is stra- kind of strange because it's not Chinese music, but I had that connection because that was the soundtrack to my time there. Yeah. I think we all have like soundtracks to our lives, like music or songs that make us think of a certain time. It's interesting. I, you were talking about um, being in China. And when I was in Russia in college, we were there before communism fell. And it was such a different time. It was kind of, it was the nineties, but to be there in, um, they, it was like stepping back in time. It was more like the fifties and sixties. And it was just so surreal. So we'd be riding on the subway or we'd be riding in a car or on the bus or something. And we'd be listening to this one album from um, the Indigo Girls. And it just like soaks into your bones, like kind of these visuals of what you're seeing and um, that music. So it really makes me think of that. And then we would have dance parties every every (laughs) Friday night. And so like songs like Love Shack and things like that, which were really popular that year just and we had limited music while we were there so this was right. um this was the song we loved and so i 
I think we all have those different places, like especially going back to high school and stuff like that. And yeah, Yeah. it's just so interesting. And like music, a lot of people think, oh, the music that was popular when you grew up is kind of what is like the music of your childhood. But I grew up, um, my parents listened to Motown or um, the Beach Boys and the Beatles. So I'm like 13 and have Beatles posters and like yellow submarine action figures and stuff. (laughs) It's like 1997 and I'm making my own bell bottoms because the music that I listened to like so heavily influenced me. And I still, I still, that's still a music that I love and I gravitate towards in certain times in my life. Or for me, music can be seasonal. Like Mm. when I, want to listen to summer i think um i definitely think of the beach boys or i think of country music like my dad was like a 90 90s country music fan yeah so we drive around in like his hoopty in the summer with the windows down <laughs> and blasting reba mcintyre or garth or whatever oh, yeah, and garth, right. so yeah. that's like summertime for me is that kind of music yeah that's fun i can't think of my stepdad without thinking of simon and garfunkel right mm-hmm. like and um some amazing just just some amazing music that he loved and i think it it kind of it actually dictates to me a little of his melancholy sometimes right oh, like right. i can feel his feelings there and so mm-hmm. it's it's really interesting but i think that's the power of what we saw in music from when we t- when we talked to Brittany, just kind of how oh, yeah. they utilize that i think one of the greatest things we just had my class reunion. I won't tell you what number, right? It was, um, but Fun. one of our classmates made the, like the soundtrack. And it was funny because he was kind of the DJ when we were in high school for all our dance parties and stuff That's like that. So crazy. And he would, he made us all a CD that from, of music from that. And that was kind of our takeaway or our gift at the, at the, and it was perfect because I listened to it all the way home and, you know, laughed and had a great time thinking about like old memories and stuff. So it's, I think it's really interesting yeah. and, how much it invokes feelings for us. And what I think is interesting about the story that what Brittany's going to talk about is how we can use it to literally heal people. Right. And so super powerful. And we're going to be hearing more from her, a lot more from her about that. So yeah, stay tuned. So our success of the week is super relevant to this podcast. Christy, who do you want to talk about today? We're going to talk about Brittany. Everything's Brittany, Brittany, Brittany. So, yeah. So what's fun about this is we were reflecting like, what would be successful week this week? Well, we can't talk about it without talking about Brittany. So just talking about coaching, which she's very open that she came through coaching. So I think she's fine with us sharing that today. Mm-hmm. Um, when Brittany came, there's some real good things about that story. She just had her, her first baby. She had finished her master's. She had been doing music therapy in hospice for quite a long time, but knew she really wanted to kind of reconfigure her life. So it would fit more with her family and her kids and those kind of things. And so it was really fun for her to come in and sit down and go, I think I want to start my own business, but I have no idea how to do that. And she's like, you're the only person I know that knows how to do those things. (laughs) So I was, I was, I was the winner. I got to spend time with her and kind of walk through it. But from the point of um, helping her kind of overcome that fear or her building her confidence, like, and just the steps, like, okay, you need to go to the attorney. You need to set up your business with the attorney. You need to get a logo. You need to get a website. We helped her get all those contacts. And then every 
probably every year, every two years, she'll come back and we'll have like a little bit of a strategy session or maybe a grounding session where she gets an opportunity to really kind of think about what happens next or when she had her second child or when she had her third child to kind of reassess how she wants to do and to kind of help her brainstorm what are other possibilities. And so we've had great collaborations. She'll talk a little bit about working with Kathy Hall, which is in our last podcast um, on about the toy store. So in that collaboration of working with her, but it's really interesting to think about all of the risks she's taken and how far she's really come. And it makes her an incredible success story for both seal coaching and for herself, of course. And we do that kind of work and it's absolutely fun to watch and love and sit like vicariously watch that success. So that's our success of the week. So for our zeal living tip on this music podcast, um, we kind of want to talk about how music can be used to help you work through some emotions. Um, sometimes I think we avoid, well, I know we avoid emotions and sometimes we avoid music because it stirs emotions. Um, I know that you can also use it in positive light. For me, I use it with my students before I start my class, because I, I teach um, college English, basic intro to composition, which everyone has to take and pretty much everyone hates. And especially that first day, I always try to play like the 10 minutes before class, like Journey or Michael Jackson, something upbeat it. and like anthem-like or Queen maybe that everyone has heard that gets everybody kind of going, singing along. Because for the first you know, several semesters I taught, people would wander in and would be dead silent. Mm. They would be afraid to talk to each other. They would be afraid of me. You could see how they were nervous about the course. Um, some of them had never taken a college class before at all, mm -hmm. or they had had really bad experiences with English. Um, I know it can be something that can be traumatic for people. And so I made the choice that I wanted to hear, listen to music. Right. I didn't want to sit in silence. And I thought, why wouldn't my students want to listen to music? And that has really been an icebreaker for them. They come in and feel a little more relaxed. It's they familiar. Right. It's familiar. Them. They feel ready yeah. to talk. They feel like, oh, I don't have to be silent because it's not silent in here. Um, I've connected with some of them over what kind of music they like. Um, and they've said, I've, I've seen in my my evaluations that I was really nervous on the first day, but I came in and you were playing some song that I, I heard and I was just, it made me feel good. It made me feel like, okay, I could take a breath. And I've even had professors who will teach after me. I play it as like an outro almost to the end of the class. Nice. Like, okay, now go on and take the world and we'll play some exit music. And I had one professor say, I love teaching after you because I come in, you're playing some fun music. I can get into it. You can see that the kids are like, have, have positive attitudes. She's like, it's just my, it's just the greatest thing. And for me, it was just a way at first to fill the silence. Yeah. But the power of music to connect with our emotions and, and help us work through some of them is just phenomenal. And Brittany probably would say that it's like true connection with each other, right? So you right. have that common experience, right? So the music kind of takes you back and you're kind of grooving together. So people are like, oh, yeah. And they laugh. <laughs> at, they're laughing at themselves and each other. So Katie's rock star teacher, right? If you, if you, I want to take English all over again. Not really. You but it, I, yeah, not with Katie. No, she would, she would kick my butt. So what we really wanted for our tip of the week is to really think about 
how do you utilize music that you can feel and validate your own feelings or to work through some stuff? Um, I have a really interesting thing that keeps happening when I have some high school kids who might get stuck. They don't want to make a plan to go to college. They usually call me like May of their senior year. They're going to graduate <laughs> in a few weeks right. or even all the way. It's like time, almost time to start college and they haven't done anything and the parents are getting a little or very antsy. And so, um, so when they come in, oftentimes what it is is that they're literally morning leaving school mm-hmm. and it doesn't sound like a big deal, but when you're 17, 18 years old, This is your first huge change in your life. And so um, I will say to them, like, I want you to go and get all your pictures on your phone. I want you to put on some music that makes you think of that time. And I want you to just look through everything and cry and have like mourn it because it's an incredible gift and to be super grateful for it and to kind of put a nice little bow on it and love it and cherish it. But like, let's put it aside so we can get ready for the next adventure and the new people and going into your next phase of life. And, and it's going to be okay. And so the music really helps them and the photos and that kind of thing. And they'll come back and be like, I cried for three days. I'm like, (laughs) okay, great. Perfect. That's exactly what we wanted so that you can like feel that emotion and let it pass through you and you're not just holding it in your body and not processing it and getting it out, which I think is a lot what Brittany does, but in a much more intense and deep way in her work. But we can do that for ourselves and we can utilize music the best um, when we need to really work through something. So that's our tip of the week. All right. So now it's time for our interview session with Brittany Shear and We've talked about music over and over again, so you're sort of primed for that. Um, <laughs> We've teased you enough. <laughs> right. So while listening to interview, um, there's just a few things that we think maybe you want to kind of keep an ear out for that you might find interesting, that we found interesting. So a few things we want you to kind of listen for. There's kind of three kind of layers of things going on. First of all, that what is a music therapist? So just to kind of understand what that career is, right. that it's a real career, maybe how you can utilize that in um with your family or yourself or whatever and maybe that's something that you need so definitely to think about what music therapy is it is a career so how do how do you become a music therapist if that's something that you're interested in or you have a a son or a daughter or somebody that in your life that you think that might be good for but also what it is to own a business as a young mom and um, kind of having vibrancy of all of that things going on and kind of how she built her business to fit her family. So that priority instead of the other way around, she, you know, so really to think about um, all the layers and um, how she's bringing it all together just to under, just to understand the soulfulness of Brittany too, I think is a great thing to appreciate about it. So let's get on to the interview. So we want to welcome Brittany Shear, a good friend of mine and um, super friend. Um, she is the owner and founder of Living Music Music Therapy, and she is out of our region of New Bremen, Ohio. It's 
we have a lot of resources there. So we like to pull them from this tiny small town. So that's such an interesting perspective. If you live in a small town, just really think about how do you grow and live your dream right in that tiny town. So we want to welcome you. Thank you for having me. So a music therapist. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so what t- is that? Yeah, tell us, just give us a brief <laughs> overview, and then we'll come back to get okay. to know more about you. Right, right. So music therapy is the use of music. For me, it's the use of music and experience of music and how the therapeutic relationship can use that in your mind and your body to achieve optimal goals or achieve a goal that you're looking for. So I study music and how it affects the body and the mind. And I know how to implement music in a way that will achieve health. So therapy doesn't mean it is like therapy in the sense of like physical therapy or like mental health therapy. Can you kind of give us a context back? So it definitely is something that affects our physical and our mental health. Mm -hmm. Music does in general. Um, I'm taking it one step further and maybe using music as a means of expression in mental health, or maybe using music as the catalyst for movement or relearning movement or retraining the brain um, to be able to move or walk. Like if you're thinking about like someone with a stroke or something like that, or, or um, my kids with trauma, we use music to express because there's really a lot of times are not words Mm -hmm. to express the feelings that people are, are experiencing. After a traumatic right. incident. And so yeah. music can sometimes be the breakthrough. And then we use that to kind of move into healing and, and working through hard emotions. Would you say that like one of the basic ways to think about it, because this is when you first explained it to me, I was thinking about when you listen to a sad song, you feel sad or you feel like kind of healed because you mm-hmm. kind of cried through that and then you come out right. of that. Right. Well, research, the research shows kind of both. Mm-hmm. Like listening to sad music actually is very good for you if you're depressed because number one, it validates that. It kind of allows you to feel that. And, and you know, so it can really be a healing aspect. And then having the therapist with you in that process amplifies it. So can you give us some kind of settings what when music therapy would be used? Like you said, you mentioned stroke or like a traumatic mm-hmm. kind of situation. Can you give us some other analogies of where you utilize music in that way? Yeah. All over the country, music therapists are used anywhere from the NICU to end-of-life care. Um, a lot of people work with people with developmental uh, and neurological disabilities. Mm. Mm. So in schools and other treatment centers, um, people, like I mentioned, work in hospice care and medical care, psychiatric care. There's okay. music therapists that work in prisons. There's really anywhere you can have any other healthcare professional, a mm-hmm. music therapist could and would be. Um, so tell us a little bit more about your journey to get there because owning your own business is quite different than some other music therapists might work, I think. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of music therapists that work in private practice. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, for me, that's been different. So I I started, I was working for a hospice agency and people would always ask me how, how they could get music or music therapy for their loved one or their little one. 
and I, there being in New Bremen, Ohio, yeah, right, 4,000, right. there wasn't a lot of options. And I was like, oh, this could be a really good thing to expand access to the services. And so I kind of was thinking about starting a practice. It was kind of something I always wanted to do. Okay. And then that kind of just put the ticket in because people were asking for it, right? So, if you, you know, right. why wouldn't you do that? And so that's kind of where that came from. And then I met you. <laughs> oh, well. Okay. <laughs> Who forced me to start? No, <laughs> you, you and Kathy Hall have something against your success. I'm not really sure. Like blaming me? No, 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 no blame. No, but you know, like actually filling out that state of Ohio paperwork and saying, "Here's my business name. Here's you know my tax code, whatever." Yeah, yeah. Just kind of an accountability, right? Partner, right? So just, to kind of, just kind of doing that jump was when I met you and had some life coaching and just yeah. career coaching. I was in kind of a new stage in my life, just having a baby and yeah. kind of, you know, wanting around some, her office. It was fun. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wanting some flexibility. And so, yeah, that's kind of how it started. Take us back to how you decided, wh- what was your undergrad? Like, tell us a little bit about your like work history, how you got to here. To here. So I did my undergrad up in uh, Ypsilanti, Michigan. Okay. At Eastern, Eastern, yeah. Eastern Michigan. And um, and then... What was that in? In music therapy. Oh, okay. I didn't know yep. they have like an yes, undergrad. they do have okay. undergrad programs for okay. sure. Okay. Um, so, and then once you're done with your schooling, you have to do a six-month internship. So okay. I did that in Maryland. Um, and after that, my first job was in Atlanta, Georgia okay. at a private practice. So that kind of opened my eyes a bit too that part of what it could look like. Yeah. 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 Um, and so I worked and lived there for like a year and a half and then moved back to New Bremen temporarily. (laughs) Quote unquote. Because I was like, Oh, I'll look for a job in Ann Arbor or Columbus. You know, I really wanted, I really loved the idea of moving back to Ann Arbor. My husband hates when I say that. Um, cause he doesn't like, you know, Michigan, he's a big Ohio, Buckeye fan. Okay. Right. So, there's a competition um, there. anyway, in the meantime, there was the job opened up my first like real, mm-hmm. I guess, long-term music therapy job for the hospice agency out of Greenville. Okay. And, uh, so I was like, oh, I guess, you know, I'll apply for that. I can at least work there as, until I decide really where I want to move. But then I met Greg, who is now my husband. Oh, yeah. And Those I boys changed the story, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. Stayed in New Bremen because it, like, my job was going well. And that's where your family Obviously, that went well. Yeah. yeah. My family was there. Yeah. So. Yeah. You had me come and do a leadership workshop for a conference. Yeah. And so it was interesting to hear the different types of music therapists and what different people were doing, like for children's hospitals or like mm-hmm. in treatment psychology, like for youth or something like that. So I think it's interesting to kind of know that there are jobs in different ways, whether it's private practice yeah. or for an agency or a hospital or something. Mm-hmm. So that if you're thinking about this, you kind of know those can all be kind of the settings. Do you find people find a niche, like they like to work with children or like hospices, mm-hmm. like end of life? Do you find people kind of oh yeah gravitate towards something? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it just like, you know, certain doctors prefer this type of care. Or certain nurses prefer this type of care. Same yeah. thing for music therapists. I think a lot of it depends where you had your clinical training. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, just what you're called to do or what feels feels good. For me, I like the variety. Yes, like I, <laughs> I have a yeah. big variety living in the small town because, you know, I get pulled 
for a lot of different areas and, and people. So I, I thrive on that. Yeah. You know, I don't yeah. think I could work with kids all day, every day or work in hospice all day, every day. That, that would be, for me, that would be hard. So yeah. We so the variety. Our, mm-hmm. Nice. And I like the variety. One thing I got there that if you don't realize is that it really is a medical, like board certified. Oh, yes. Yes. Right. We have 1,200 hours of training and we sit for our board certification. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of states now are uh, moving towards having a state license as well. Okay. Ohio included. Hopefully okay. that will happen. Okay. So, the, yeah, we have a lot of training okay. specifically on, you know, music and the connection to the body. and and mine. That makes me think of something. <laughs> oh, good. So, well, so I, I work a lot with um, people with dementia. And so a lot of times you think they can't remember something new, right? Yeah. So I sing this little, like, I call it our hello song, where I encourage them to sing to their neighbor. Wait, right? if you don't know, she just pulled her ukulele out from underneath the table. <laughs> she just has it in her. They're like, oh, I should have had told you to bring an instrument i'm like well what do you want <laughs> so i have yeah. about 50 in my car <laughs> probably really 50 including you know if you talk all the little the little drums yeah. okay anyway so people think you know if you, someone with dementia can't learn something new oh. well they they can <laughs> okay. okay so part of what i try to do is create like an authentic relationship experience so i encourage my um clients to sing to the next person with me you know so they're looking they're singing at that person they're smiling they Mm. don't know who this person is that's okay but they can remember this song week to week and I'll leave out part of it and they know it because I go there um sometimes twice a month or sometimes once a week but um and I learned this from another music therapist so it's just simple I'll sing your name good morning Christy it's a beautiful day morning Christy I'm going your way so I mean that just kind of invites yeah. like I'm here with you I have the chills already and I just she's singing <laughs> to me and she, she's only sitting like three feet I from know. me right no, but yeah. I'm here with you but there then I'm like let's sing it to Mary you know yeah. and then so people are singing it to that the person uh, and they remember like yeah. if I leave out that last cadence I'm going your and then if they sing way, that's great. It doesn't really matter what they right, sing. Right. Or they might hum it. Or they might look at me. Right? Yeah, like you so, missed it. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it's interesting. So they're, they're anticipating it. But then it's it's an authentic thing that's happening that yeah. they can still experience and remember and feel that community. Oh, that's yeah. wonderful. Right. It's really cool. And so, you know, just just any these people can have great new experiences through music. Wow. That's yeah. amazing. So how do you, because I know you teach a class with mothers and mothers and children. Tell me how that works and mm-hmm. what, give us an example of how that works. Yeah. So I think it's very important for moms and dads or providing grownups to be able to sing to their kids. Yeah. Um, it's actually really important for the child's brain and for mm-hmm. the mom for like postpartum care. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And so that's kind of one of my like areas of excitement. <laughs> oh, you <laughs> love passion. that? Yeah, yeah. I just think it's so important. So yeah, I teach, I don't, te- I don't like to call it teach, but I lead a class um, for moms and, and littles, mm-hmm. usually like zero to three. We just, we make music. We 
play, we sing. I try to encourage like bonding through certain songs that, you know, have them like give their kid a hug or a kiss or oh, nice. rub yeah. their feet or touch their knee, you know, just anything. Yeah. Yeah. Because, well, back in the 40s, that was the pastime, right? There wasn't yeah tons of things to do. Everyone, every family made music together and sang. And, and so bringing that back and just keeping it going. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's that, interesting. It, because it does connect to you as a family, connects deeper. It, do you, um, cause you use it a little bit with storytelling and things like right. that. Yeah. Yeah. So like, especially in, well, in dementia care and, and in hospice care, when we're living someone's legacy and talking about them at their end of life and sharing stories and getting the, the family to connect that way, to have mm. those shared experiences. So the music kind of helps bring it more to life mm. and they'll remember random songs that their mom or dad sang to them and then be able to bring them back in that moment wow. is really meaningful. Yeah. Yeah. Because maybe they haven't thought about it or maybe they feel like, Oh, we can't sing right now, but you yeah. sure can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You sure can. You, you yeah. can live music at any point. Yeah. in your life. I mean, now with <laughs> music so eas- easily accessible, yes. right? Like it's a great thing I would yes. imagine, but it's also you, now you don't experience it like by singing it yourself, right. unless you're like with your girlfriends mm-hmm. in the car and you know, you're going yeah. crazy, you're having fun, you know what I mean? Or something, right. but like when else do you sing out loud mm-hmm. to someone else just out of like joy or connection mm-hmm. or being silly together or yeah. whatever. Yeah. We need more of that. Okay. <laughs> so we're singing. We're a day of singing. And, you can um, all sing. Yes. And there's yes. no such thing as someone who can't sing, you know, like your music teacher that told you that is full of crap <laughs> because so, it's not true. Yeah. So it's not. Tell us a little bit about your family and how you work balance work with little ones and yeah. marriage and all that. Right. Um, for me, I thrive on working part time because I need, I need that. I just need that time with my kids and I need that time with my work and even running a business. It seems like, how do you, I just do it part time. Yeah. (laughs) Some things don't happen and that's okay with me. I mean, part of that I learned a lot through coaching, like being on that journey. And then some things I create for my kids, like the music classes with mom and baby I created when my girls were young because I wanted them to have music class Yeah, and there was nothing around. And luckily that really all worked out and now it keeps continuing. And I still bring my youngest who's almost three. Yeah. Um, He's to so music cute. class. Um, and so that was part of the balance cause I could actually work on the days I was home with them cause mm-hmm. I could bring them with me. I have a lot of help. I have both my my mom and my mother in law right in town. <laughs> Five minutes. It's huge, you know. Right, and your office is in your home. Yes, right. Yeah, so. so I do work from home too, which is kind of nice and not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like, oh, I'm just gonna do this laundry, and then you know, so yeah. I have to I have to work really hard on boundaries too. I'm sure. like like not multitasking and keeping with my boundaries, Even and for- that's how I keep good balance too because if I if I don't have the good boundaries then I forget things yeah yeah most of my business is um what they would call business to business okay so I contract with facilities so nursing facilities hospitals um schools Mm -hmm. (laughs) any other business so that's most my work so I am driving around and and going to those places what's really great about me (laughs) is like my older adults, if they want 
music therapy services, I come to them. You know, it's harder for them to get out and about. Oh, yeah. So that I just cool. go to their house or wherever they live. And even for kiddos, too. You know, mm-hmm. I see I go into their into their space and moms don't have to spend, you know, an extra hour driving. And so, do you feel like it's becoming more known or mainstream or like mm-hmm. accepted in therapy type of situations? Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, for sure. There's a lot of jobs and... Um, all the major hospitals in Ohio have music therapists. Even Dayton just opened a new position, Dayton Children's. Interesting. When you worked for hospice, I love that example that when I first met you and I was like, what does a music therapist do? <laughs> and you play the violin and you, I think you were saying, so she's like, what, what, what story did I tell you? <laughs> like, you well, you told me a story about how you, so when people are in hospice and they're at that end of life, mm-hmm. you would learn the songs that that person really loved and how oh, right. when you yeah. came in, they would be in pain and yeah. you're like matching their breathing. Right. So that's um, a very common music therapy protocol where it's, it's literally just physics. Mm-hmm. You know, we entrain to what's around us. So especially sounds and music. Um, so a lot of times I just did it earlier today, this morning, a lot of times I'll use a preferred song, um, that maybe has meaning, maybe not, but maybe they just, they just enjoy it Mm -hmm. and I'll, um, you know, play it to kind of match what they're showing me, their breathing, um, and if they're moving their facial expressions, which when someone's in pain, they have all those things like anxiety level too. It could be that too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in a lot of pain, when you're really looking into the, the literature, a lot of pain is emotional mm-hmm. or has a big emotional uh, aspect to it. Yeah, you might and, be fighting it right, or, right, yeah, yeah, yeah make and it worse. And so the great thing about music is it can touch on that really deeply. Yeah. Um, so I'll use preferred songs sometimes and then I'll adapt it as you know, I'll match with the patient. So it's ISO principle. You mm-hmm. match with the patient. You then start changing the tempo, changing the dynamic, changing the the melody or even maybe the harmonies of it. Okay. Um, and then taking them down, you know, like slowing or it down. slowing it down. Going into ballad breathing. or something. Or, yeah. Right. Yeah. Changing it to lullaby. So I use a lullaby a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you can make anything a lullaby. And so I, so I adapt it that way. And then slowly, slowly, but surely, um, you get release and changes where the body can rest and maybe the mind can rest or it opens the door for them to be like, this is what's going on. If they're, you know, if they're able to express that way. And then share if they need to verbally Mm -hmm. share, share. Like I'm scared or I'm ready or I need to tell so-and-so I love them Mm. or I need to share the story, you know, things yeah. like people need to, to be able to kind of get out what they need before, right. Before they die. Are there some challenges of getting, getting musical music therapy into different settings that where it's needed? Um, it can be challenging for a few different reasons, like the education aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just not- noticing the difference between having an entertainer mm-hmm. and having an iPod and having a music therapist, you know, which there's time and place for all of those. Mm -hmm. So it's figuring out where, what, what do you need and when? Mm -hmm. So that education part. And then there's a lot of like 
you know, the reimbursement portion of it, Medicaid and Medicare don't cover music therapy. So when I'm proposing programs to these uh, processes that are solely funded on, or not solely, but majority funded on Medicare, they're like, well, you know, how, how can we justify that? Right. So I have to, but we have a lot of great literature that is showing the the benefits and cost benefits of having a music therapist so that's we so we have a lot of great literature and that keeps growing and growing so the, um, re- the, the there's research based mm, there's yeah yeah like cost right, like analysis research in journals interesting all journals not just music therapy journals um so that helps but you know a lot of times what happens is when someone sees it mm-hmm. <laughs> they get it yeah you know yeah. they're like oh so different than an entertainer or right okay so i one of my other passions is is really advocating for that for people to see music therapy and getting other music therapists to make sure you know they're getting people to observe sessions i know sometimes it's hard because Mm -hmm. of hipaa and and -hmm. things like that sometimes you just really can't but if you can (laughs) didn't you just have someone come and observe yeah yeah, tell us that story yesterday i had our uh, representative for this district come and observe a session the state representative yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so you know just simple things like that really opens the how opens did that doors. come to be i've been on our ohio task force for i don't know a long for time music therapy. for music therapy yeah. we're um just advocating in the state the, right now ohio does not have a license for music therapy and we would like that to happen okay so we could be licensed by the state so nobody can just say i'm a music therapist and go right. you know say they're doing music therapy and so that's a training, right? Yeah. So it's a, it show models our training and, mm-hmm. and things like that. And part of that for me is advocating. But this year we are hoping to have a a bill dropped, and so oh, trying to schedule sessions where the legislators can come. And what did she say, or what was her reaction? Well, she loves music therapy. <laughs> <laughs> did she know much about it before? I, I think so. I've met her before. Okay, and we've talked briefly. When I started my practice, I really, I had two goals, you know, beyond like making a living. Yeah, right. right. You know, right. Um, yes. Was increasing access for people who want music therapy who don't have the option, right? Mm-hmm. And then also hopefully to create jobs um, in the future. So right. getting more people coming back here in the rural area to live and work. And it becoming yeah. kind of a norm thing and yeah. then it, you know, then it's mm-hmm. needed and then there's right. more jobs and people understand the power and yeah. of it. I would be surprised if our, the people listening to the podcast knew anything about music therapy. Yeah. It's getting way better when I, I, I've been practicing for 11, almost 11, 11 years, maybe 10. Wow. I can't, I can't do math right now. <laughs> no, too, 11, yeah. 11. Wow. But, um, that's great. Back then they would, Every time I would walk anywhere, they would say, oh, the entertainment's here. What are you doing? Where are you playing? And I'm uh, like, you know, no, I'm the music therapist. Yeah, you know? yeah. Kind and of then, re-educating, right. re-languaging people yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And now when I walk into places, um, people, it's probably about 75% of the time they're like, oh, are you the music therapist? Oh, good. Right? So it's really great. And music tends to, I don't know, it's just it. I don't want to say easy because as yeah. a music therapist, I would not call my job easy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it probably looks easy, but it but it's a it's a connect it's such a connective way and supportive way can be supportive way of 
of experiencing those. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Hard emotions. Yeah. Yeah. Because it holds, it holds, it can hold discomfort mm-hmm. and everybody needs validation. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. music is so validating. If it's your music, if it's, you know, something you find yeah. comforting or sad or the music that gives you chills, like yeah. that's what matters. I, this is a silly question. It's just coming off the top of my head. So tell me about, what do you think like heavy metal is about then? That's their... Their means of expression, expressing of anger yeah. or frustration, you know, or and maybe not even that, but just that's the way they express. Mm. So valid, yeah, yeah, just validating there. It's just right. interesting, I yeah. Mean, it just is, yeah, and it can be valid, like extremely validating to a lot of people. Talk to the music therapist. What is your? What's your? You know. So my music, yeah, yeah. I, I almost like I don't like sharing. Almost no. <laughs> Um, no, my music. So I always think about the music that really brings me the most joy or connection to myself. Mm-hmm. So the, there's, um, two different bands that I love. The first one, my favorite of all time, the band's called Donna the Buffalo. Oh, yep. Nice. I don't know if anyone else is a Donna fan, but we need you, to hashtag need them to... so they can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, no, but I like half to hear them the other half of it is a band called the head in the heart Hmm, that makes sense i kind of really have to hear them too yeah yeah they're like the deep thinking music and then donna's like the fun still really great thinking and feeling but yeah that's so i kind of have to have those i think if you don't if you know Brittany, like she is living breathing along with being a mother and a wife, right? (laughs) This career field, like it's truly, would you call it your true passion? Yeah. It's really a big part of my identity. Like I really just don't, I don't know what I would do now. I really do like running the business and doing that part. And I love students and I love training and helping people learn. So Mm. whether I'm always practicing as a clinician or not, but Mm. I like, I will always do something in music therapy. Yeah. I love that. I think you're such a great example of like holistically looking at how to think about your life. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think any, but everybody gets that we're so in our heads and not mm-hmm. in our, in our soul chest kind yeah. of place. And I feel like music, I don't, I don't, I didn't know you before that, but I mean, I think that I think I can feel that when like the music brings you there mm-hmm. and that you have to be in that place when you're with your clients and that yeah. type of thing. And you can't be up here in your head all the time. Oh, right. Right. So you have to kind of bring the emotion mm-hmm. of that to help mm-hmm. them. It's not just, you can't just play like a ballad and not feel the ballad, no. and, you know? Yeah. And I've learned a lot about more like mindful living or mm. living just in working in hospice care mm. because you hear all these stories and you see things and it, it just really makes more and more reality. Like, yes, you will die. How mm-hmm. do you really want to live? Mm-hmm. What's really most important to you? If we wanted to talk with you more or get more details about your work, how would we contact you? Yeah. So my, my business is living music. Like we said at the beginning. Yeah. Um, my website is living music, Nice. I am on Facebook and LinkedIn. Thank you Thank so you much. For having me. I am, you have been such a joy in my life Aww. for many years for so many different Aww. reasons as a friend and a client, but Thank mostly you. just Thank as you. a, I'm going to be this corny as like soul sister ish, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so just to be on the journey together, I think yeah. it's really important. Thank you so much.
Okay. So I hope you enjoyed that interview as much as we did. Um, Brittany with her ukulele and just her sweet personality. Um, I felt like I learned so much, even though my life is completely inundated with music. Um, the science aspect and what music therapy can really do, I just thought was over was just amazing. So if you want to know more, look up Brittany on Facebook. It is Living Music. Or you can go to her website, livingmusicllc.com, to find out how you can maybe get her to work with you if you're in the area. Or I'm sure she has connections to other music therapists in your area. So if you wanted to find someone closer to you, you could do that as well. So thanks for joining us. This is Christy Shell and Katie Sandy Smith with Hope in the Heartland. We hope you enjoy your beautiful day and that you find more hope in your heart.